This week I'm talking about how to approach your choices more thoughtfully. So, let's talk about mental health. This is Let's Talk About Mental Health, a weekly podcast about mental health and well-being hosted by Jeremy Godwin. Let's talk about mental health, because the more we talk about it, the easier it gets. Hello and welcome to episode 50 of Let's Talk About Mental Health, the weekly podcast full of simple ideas for better mental health and well-being. I'm Jeremy Godwin. Thank you for joining me. This is the fourth in a series of four episodes about the foundations of good mental health, and this week is all about choice. So, let's get talking. Every day we make thousands of little choices, and the odd big choice, and we do so both consciously and subconsciously. Our choices determine what happens next in our lives, where we go, what we do, and ultimately, how we grow as human beings. Often, the tiniest of decisions can end up having a monumental impact on your future. And so that's where we are all challenged to be conscious of the choices that we're making and to consider what our choices say about the type of person we want to be. Do we do no harm? Are we kind? Do we give more than we take? Last week, I had someone who was absolutely itching for an argument with me on Instagram because he just didn't agree with my comments about having direct control over your own words, actions, and feelings. The point of that being that everything else is outside of your direct control. And he decided that I was saying depression and anxiety are a choice, which is not at all what I said and certainly is something that I would never say. Now, the thing is that I try to take a balanced approach to these types of situations. I'm not just going to outright ignore people or block them just because they have different opinions, because I believe that doing that and, you know, cancel culture, I think it's dangerous. It doesn't allow us to explore new ideas or create meaningful dialogue with one another when we disagree. But I'm also not going to put up with shit from people. And some people just want to stir the pot and argue for the sake of arguing. Which was exactly what happened in this case. Everything I said was taken and reinterpreted. And so after the third message, I just wished him the best of luck for the future and told him I won't be arguing. And then I blocked him. Now, I didn't immediately block or mute him and I didn't ignore him completely because even though part of me wanted to just say, why are you even following me? I didn't because that just would be more negative energy. Instead, I stuck to my approach of three chances and you're out. So I try to have a meaningful discussion, but I'm also not going to drag it on if it's heading into negative territory or if you're just going to abuse and insult me. That's my choice. And we always have a choice to walk away. I believe in always trying to meet people halfway, but it's a fact of life that some people just will not agree with you or even like you, no matter what you say or do. Years ago, I was managing a training and recruitment team at one of the big banks here in Australia, and I had to work with a business partner from head office who absolutely hated me. I don't know why, but from the very first time that we met, she was rude and hostile, and I never saw her be like that to anybody else. And it only got worse over the time that we worked together. Now, I'll admit I couldn't help myself. I tried to get her to like me, or at least be civil to me, because it triggered a whole bunch of rejection issues for me. But in the end, I realized that it was pointless. And so the choice to let go of what she thought of me was mine to make. Like I said, some people will not like you or agree with you. 
no matter what you do or say. And all you can do is be the bigger person and choose to let go. And that's my point. In all things, we have choice. Even in our darkest moments, when we might be struggling to manage our feelings, we still have choice. We can either sink into our feelings, or we can choose to observe them thoughtfully and seek to understand why they're happening and get support to help us work through them. Sometimes our feelings pop up without us realizing it, and, you know, it might seem like we can't control them. But given that you can always choose whether or not to believe your thoughts and feelings, that means that you ultimately do have choice and control. If you choose to throw your hands up in the air and say it's completely out of your control, you're allowing yourself to become a victim of your feelings or a victim of circumstance. Now, I know very few people would be happy about being told that they're falling into a victim mindset, but I'm not going to sugarcoat this. If you think you can't change your circumstances, then you are wrong. So let's get back on track, shall we? What is choice and how does it relate to mental health and well-being? The idea of choice is about selecting from multiple possible actions, such as doing something versus not doing something. In some situations, you might have many choices. You know, for example, when you're shopping for furniture and there are lots of different retailers and styles to choose from. Or it might be as limited as do or don't do. For example, get out of bed versus don't get out of bed. Each choice determines the next event and each chain of events will shape your reality. So yes, even that decision to stop off and grab a coffee in the morning will change your reality because you're in a different physical place than you would be if you chose not to grab a coffee. Everything in life is a choice, whether it's a conscious choice or a subconscious choice that happens without us even thinking about it. And even the smallest of choices can potentially have a big effect on what happens to you and also to others around you. Let me tell you a story I heard many years ago to illustrate my point. Now, I will say upfront that this probably falls more into the fable category in terms of being a story that is driven by a specific moral rather than necessarily an actual true story. So please don't go messaging me asking me to provide evidence that this actually happened because whether it did or didn't isn't really the point of the story. So here's the story. One day, an old man was walking along the beach and he could see that overnight, hundreds, maybe thousands of starfish had been washed up onto the sand. As he inspected the scene, in the distance he saw a figure of a person near the waterline bending over repeatedly, and so he walked over to see what was happening. As he approached, he realised it was a young boy who was picking up the starfish one by one and throwing them back into the water. The old man scoffed to himself at the futile nature of the boy's efforts, since there were just too many starfish to try to rescue all of them, and he decided that he'd go over and help the boy realise the error of his ways. He reached the boy and asked, what are you doing? The young boy gave him a look as if to say, well, it should be obvious, but replied back respectfully, I'm helping the starfish get back into the water. The old man shook his head and asked, why? There are just too many washed up, but there's no way you can make a difference. The young boy thought for a moment, then looked down at all the starfish scattered along the miles and miles of beach. He shrugged and then chose to pick up another starfish and throw it into the water. Well, I made a difference to that one, he replied. My point here is that each thing we do has an impact of some type. And so the choices we make can have a ripple effect, not only on our lives, but the lives of those around us, whether friend or stranger. Choice is how we determine our lives in spite of the things that happen around us and the struggles that we might be facing internally. 
For example, how you respond to the challenges presented by COVID-19 is up to you. Do you get angry at the virus? Do you become angry with political decisions? Or do you accept what is outside of your control and then choose to move forward with dignity and positivity? Because that's pretty much what we're talking about here. Choosing to have dignity and positivity in all things. Now, more than ever, we're being asked to make choices that balance our individual needs with our collective needs, such as complying with public health guidelines in order to keep ourselves and our loved ones safe, as well as to protect everyone in the wider community, especially the most vulnerable. So what do we do? Do we choose to have a tantrum and carry on like a toddler because we're being asked to do something that we don't like? Or do we choose to take a step back and think about the bigger picture? about the notion of our individual needs plus the needs of everybody else, because it isn't an either-or proposition. Or as I refer to it, covering both the me and the we, because the choices that we make need to balance both. You cannot have a world that is just all about you, because we're all connected and we're all sharing this planet, which is why this stuff is relevant to mental health. As within, so without. If we all just made the world about ourselves and only ourselves, then we would descend into absolute chaos and anarchy. And I don't know about you, but I'm not keen to live in the purge. Because, I'll tell you now, I'm not a very fast runner, so I'd be toast. Being conscious and thoughtful when it comes to our choices, and looking at the bigger picture, in terms of both me and we, is what matters most in life. So why is choice a core foundation of good mental health? Well, this week it might surprise you that I'm not going to be quoting any statistics or research, since I usually do, and the reason why is that the notion of choice is absolutely fundamental to everything I talk about in terms of mental health and well-being, which is why I chose it as the last of the four topics related to this Foundations of Good Mental Health series. And because of that, I've decided to focus on stories this week in order to illustrate my point instead of statistics. So let me tell you a story about a man by the name of Dr. Viktor Frankl, who I've quoted a few times in this podcast before, and maybe you've heard of him. Dr. Frankl was born in 1905 in Austria and became a neurologist and psychiatrist, and he was Jewish. During World War II, Dr. Frankl and most of his family were deported by the Nazis to various concentration camps. Viktor's wife, father, mother, and brother all died in the camps while his sister was able to escape to Australia. During the three years he spent in four different concentration camps, Dr. Frankel chose to use his skills to help others and also to observe the reactions of other prisoners. When he was finally liberated and returned to Vienna, he found himself having to readjust to a world where everyone he knew and loved was gone. During that time, he spent just nine days writing a book that would go on to become Man's Search for Meaning, which became an international bestseller and was named as one of the 10 most influential books in the US by the US Library of Congress in the early 1990s. And it's still considered by many to be one of the most important books of all time. Even before the war, Frankel had been developing his own psychological theory called Logotherapy, which means literally healing through meaning. And it's based on the idea that the main thing which motivates each of us in life is to find meaning. 
Many of the concepts of logotherapy have been applied into psychological tools that we know today, such as cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, and acceptance and commitment therapy, or ACT. Coming back to the idea of choice, what is of particular interest here is a sentence that Dr. Frankel wrote in Man's Search for Meaning, which is, Everything can be taken from a person but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. To choose one's own way. No matter what happens to us, around us or within us, we always have a choice about what happens next in terms of what we do, what we say and what we feel. Nobody can make that choice for us and nobody can take that choice from us, no matter how hard they may try. Each word, each action, even every inaction, in other words, the things that we choose not to do or not to say, all of these are ours and ours alone. And that is why choice is such a fundamental part of good mental health and well-being, because the way we choose to respond to our internal and external circumstances will determine what happens next, and in turn, will shape our reality. You know, I mentioned earlier in the episode that even small choices can have a big impact. And I did so because life is a collection of small moments, with the odd big thing thrown in every now and then for good measure. How we choose to move through all of those small moments will determine what happens next, as well as how we grow. Which brings me to another quote from Man's Search for Meaning. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. I'm going to repeat that. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Right now, at this very moment in time while you're listening to this, you choose what happens next. Do you say yes or do you say no? Do you make a decision which does no harm, is kind, and serves to give more than it takes? Because all of those things, and more, are what enable us to grow, even if it's just a little bit. And if you grow just a little every single day, then that will build over weeks, months, and years, and so on. And that's when you realise that finding meaning, living a life that satisfies you, and being the best possible version of yourself, doesn't require you to go off to the woods or sit on a mountaintop meditating for four years. It simply involves you making a series of small choices every day which are aligned to your personal growth. If you're struggling with your mental health or feeling generally stressed, That won't just disappear magically overnight because you pop a pill or quit your job or move cities or whatever. It takes time, effort and perseverance combined with conscious choice. Which might sound exhausting, but in a moment I'll talk through how to do that. Before I do, let me just talk for a second about some of the controversy surrounding Viktor Frankl's work because I make a point in this program of respecting the scientific method which looks at all sides of an issue rather than just taking things on face value. Some critics have felt that Frankl was suggesting that victims of the Holocaust would have survived if they had just been more optimistic or that they died because they'd given up. None of that is true and it is certainly not what Dr. Frankl has said. This is a common criticism of a lot of the stuff in this space, especially in the positive psychology space, 
And it certainly doesn't help when people make claims about positive thinking just fixing everything. It won't. But realistic optimism, which I talked about back in episode 47 as the first episode in this series of four about the foundations of good mental health, will help you to look for solutions rather than problems. And when you actively look for solutions, you are more likely to actually find them. There are two types of people in this world. Those who believe things are happening to them, and so what happens in their life is out of their hands, and those who believe that things are happening around them, and so what happens in their life is determined by the choices they make. I have no shame in saying that I am the latter. That doesn't mean that it's the only way to be. However, for me, I just could not imagine living a life where I felt like I was a victim of my circumstances. I've lived through a lot of horrible shit. My father left when I was seven and remarried, and I rarely ever saw him after that. My mother was very violent physically and also thoroughly enjoyed inflicting emotional abuse on me. And at the same time, I was bullied almost nonstop at school. So I did not feel safe anywhere for my entire, pretty much my entire childhood and definitely all of my teen years. And then as an adult, I've had to deal with anxiety, depression, and sometimes crippling insecurity, along with developing issues around alcohol and food. My point is, if I just threw my hands up in the air and let myself be a victim of all of that, I'd probably be sitting in the corner of a padded cell rocking back and forth. Finding meaning in our lives and accepting that choice always lies with us is, in my opinion, far more preferable to a life that's focused on the negative. And this all ties into that much bigger subject of meaning, which is something that I'll look at in a few months' time. For now, let me finish up this why section by sharing a paragraph from the Viktor Frankl Institute of America about Dr. Frankl's thoughts on choice and personal responsibility. Dr. Frankl cautioned about the trend he saw in modern psychotherapy with its tendency to reduce an individual to nothing more than a victim of influences of nature or nurture. This, he felt, stripped people away from any freedom of choice or responsibility. Calling for a rehumanization of psychotherapy, he emphasized the importance of reconnecting people with personal responsibility in order to overcome feelings of meaninglessness and despair. And the link for that is in the transcript. And so with all of that in mind, let's get into the how-to section of this week's episode. How to approach choice more thoughtfully for better mental health. So I'm going to start the how-to section off with a few how-not-to items, and then I'll cover off on some how-to stuff. So I've got five pieces of advice from my how-not-to-deal-with-choice list. Number one, don't make choices based on fear or anger. If you're in a difficult situation, step away and let the emotions settle before you make a decision on what to do next. Words and actions that are based on fear or anger will very rarely deliver positive outcomes in the long run, because they're likely to be reactive rather than thought out. My second how not to is, don't blame others for the choices you make. If you stuff up, fine. Own up to it. Make it right and learn from the mistakes so you don't repeat it. And remember that in most situations, there are three versions of the truth. Yours theirs, and the actual truth, which generally lies somewhere in the middle, because nothing is completely black or white. Number three, don't blame circumstances for the choices that you make. That reinforces the notion that you're a victim of fate, which you're not. Shitty things happen, but we still have a choice over what we do next. 
Number four, don't hide behind freedom of choice as an excuse for being an asshole. If you're endangering people or denying them their basic human dignity, that's not a choice, that's a hate crime. It's up to each of us to practice a little basic human decency towards one another, even if we don't always agree with other people and their choices. If it isn't harming anyone, then let people be, and that means doing actual harm, not you thinking that it causes harm because you don't like it or you don't agree with it. And then my fifth and final point is an extension of that, and it's that the same thing goes for hiding behind being funny. Especially where I live in the countryside, there's a bit of a shitty attitude towards the idea of political correctness and fairness in language. And you'll hear people say, oh, you can't even have a joke anymore. Um, Well, if that means that you can't make fun of people because of things they have no control over, like their race or their sexual orientation, then no, you can't have a joke at the expense of other people. Choices about making fair choices for all, not just making choices that keep other people in their place or deny them basic human dignity. Okay, so I got all that off my chest. I needed to get that out first. Now let's focus on the more positive stuff. How to incorporate more choice and be more thoughtful about choice. So the first point is to stop and think. There is a big difference between reacting, which is instinctive, versus responding, which is thoughtful and considered. When you're faced with a challenging situation, either internally or externally, pause for a few minutes. Not a few seconds, a few minutes. And calm yourself. And then once you are calm and centred, then consider all of the available options. The reason for that is that if you just jump into reaction mode, what's actually happening is that your instincts are taking over and it's not a thought-out response. You're not looking at all the potential consequences. If you need to take a bit longer to make a choice that feels right for you, take the time that you need. Although maybe don't drag it out for days and days on end. Which actually leads nicely into my next point, which is to aim for satisfactory decisions, not perfect decisions. Nothing in life will ever be perfect. And if you spend your time trying to make the perfect choice, you will end up paralysed by uncertainty. Sometimes you just have to give things a go. Sometimes you have to compromise a little. And sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith rather than waiting for the conditions to be perfect because, like I said, they will never be perfect. My next point is that your choices should be focused on what you want rather than what you don't want. Why do I say that? Well, because positivity breeds positivity, while negativity breeds negativity. Now, I talked about this back in episode 31, Mindset, and it really is up to you whether you focus on the problem or focus on the solution. But whichever one of those you focus on, problem or solution, that's what you will find. If you focus on the problem, you will find plenty of problems to keep you occupied, whereas focusing on solutions will help you to be solution-focused and more positive. It's very related to my next point, which is to make things as simple as possible for yourself. Often we overcomplicate things in life, which leads to issues down the track. And quite frankly, I have found over the past few years that making conscious choices to simplify my life has not only made things easier for me, but it's also helped my mental health because I'm no longer having to deal with keeping 16,000 balls in the air at one time. Look for the simplest solution to all challenges. Sometimes, pursuing simplicity will take a bit of work in the short term, and it may not always be easy, but it will pay off in the long term. Which leads to my next point. The right choice is not always the easy choice. 
Continuing from the idea of simplicity, it's also important to accept that doing what is right is not always going to be easy. I've talked openly in recent weeks about my mum going into a nursing home, and it's the last thing in the world that she wanted. She even made me promise many years ago that I would never put her into a home because she was terrified by the idea of it. So even though this was definitely not an easy choice for any of us in the family to make, it was still the right one. Moving on to my next point, know that everything starts and ends with you and the choices that you make. Will you choose to do no harm to yourself, to be kind, and give more than you take? And can I just also say here that the absence of harm does not automatically equal kindness, just like the absence of illness does not automatically equal health. It actually takes a bit of extra work. And then it's also about how you treat others and the choices that you make. When you're treating other people, are you being conscious of doing no harm, being kind, giving more than you take? How you treat yourself and how you treat others will directly influence your life and the world around you. And a big part of that is having a positive mindset. Like I said before, I explored that topic in episode 31. It's also about being realistically optimistic, which I went into in a lot of detail in episode 47. So check those out. You can find transcripts and audio links for all past episodes at letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au forward slash episodes. I also encourage you each day to set habits around making conscious choices. Some things you can do are each morning to set daily intentions. So for example, I spend a couple of minutes each morning thinking about what I want to achieve for the day. And it's not just about goal setting. It's also about the types of choices that I'm going to be making, how I want to interact with people. Also take time at the end of each day for some objective reflection. This isn't about judging things that have happened, but actually being objective and reflecting on what's occurred during the day so that you can learn from it. Check out episode 12 for more detailed instructions around that. And it's also about choosing to learn from your mistakes. Nobody is perfect and we all make mistakes. The biggest test in life is whether or not you actually learn from your mistakes so that you don't keep on repeating them. Because that is what growth is all about. Because when it comes to choice and mental health, what it all boils down to is this. Life is what we make of it, regardless of what might be going on around us and even within us. An unknown author once wrote that choice, not chance, determines destiny. And so we are each challenged to think about how the choices we make are shaping our future. If we're struggling with issues, regardless of whether they're external or internal, then what we choose to do determines what happens next. Do nothing and nothing changes. Do something and everything changes. Each week I like to finish up by sharing a quote about the week's topic and I encourage you to take a few moments to really reflect on it and consider what it means to you. This week's quote is by Nelson Mandela and it is May your choices reflect your hopes, not your fears. Let me repeat that. May your choices reflect your hopes, not your fears. Alright, that's nearly it for this week. Next week, I'll be talking about perseverance. When I talk about mental health as well as our well-being in general, I often mention the need for perseverance, for having resolve and for continuing to do things for the benefit of your overall well-being in spite of potential setbacks and challenges. So next week, I'll be exploring how the idea of perseverance fits in with well-being, why it matters for good mental health and how to persevere. 
I hope you'll join me for that episode, which will be released on Monday morning in Australia, New Zealand, and the rest of the Asia-Pacific region, Sunday evening in the UK, Ireland, Europe, and the Middle East, and Sunday afternoon in the US, Canada, and the rest of the Americas. You can find past episodes and additional content at the website, which is letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au. And you can also find Let's Talk About Mental Health on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at LTA Mental Health as well as on YouTube. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform and tell someone you know about the show because word of mouth really helps new people to discover the program. Thank you very much for joining me today. Look after yourself and make a conscious effort to share positivity and kindness out into the world because you get back what you put out. Take care and talk to you next time.